Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I am a comedian based in Chicago who was in a coma eight years ago, and now I host this show. My guest this week is Tiffany Topol. Tiffany is a singer, songwriter, dancer sometimes on Instagram, who wrote a great pop record. It's called Sophomore Effort. It came out October 28th. And you owe it to yourself to hear it. If you like sparkly, if you're a, if you're a pop music fan at all, conf- any of those sort of music critic shorthand for just like sweet, melodic, uh, harmonic, there are harmonies on it. You know, the, the things they, they talk about cake, they talk about candy, they talk about unicorns, rainbows, all that stuff. But there's, there's a substance to it, too. It's a, it's a really great record, and you owe it to yourself to hear it. Did you know that you owe that to yourself? There are debts you have to yourself, and one of them is to listen to Tiffany Topol's album. She also is in a band called Youth in a Roman Field. They have a new record coming out on November 4th, this Friday. They are also playing the Mercury Lounge in New York on December 1st. So find out all that information, all those album links, how to follow Tiffany and the band in the show notes. You can also, in the show notes, find my newsletter, Definitive Answers, which I'm very proud of. Every Friday, I send you music recommendations. There's usually a little essay, some links, and you get more of me. You can also get more of me and this show by going to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. Thank you to the Pigeon Level patrons who support at the $15 level, Shuba Singh, John Lee, Debo, Susie Carroll, Fred Fidoa, Kurt Chang, and Katie Llewellyn. Thank you very much to them. You can also join at the $5 level, where you will get the full-length conversations I have with guests. There is an extended version of the Tiffany Tiffany, Tiffany Topol interview up. You'll also get bonus podcast episodes that I release, like last month, We had This Is Your Slasher Life, the series talking about horror movies. Well, right now, for Halloween, which was yesterday, as of the time I am releasing this, and you're hearing it, hopefully. Hopefully, you're hearing it on the day it comes out. But there is a bonus This Is Your Slasher Life episode for John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness, me and former guest of the show, Sarah Welch Larson, talking about Prince of Darkness And it's a great movie, and we come to some realizations about death, even, that are were were a little bit uh, mind-blowing to me. It was a realization I had, but it, it blew my own mind. That kind of stuff that is fun, that kind of stuff that is fun, you can find on the Patreon. Like Tiffany, I'm an independent artist, so word of mouth is vital to my work getting out there and connecting with people. So if you enjoyed this show, join the Patreon, tell a friend about it, subscribe in your app, put a review on there, take take 30 seconds, write some some words. They can be kind words, they can be whatever words come to your mind. And yeah, I would I would really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. And here is my conversation with Tiffany Topol. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like... Paint Your Hell 
a custom hell designed for you. Okay. So I have like the cute answer and then like the real answer. Yeah. Give me both. (laughs) The cute answer is like, I'm driving around like looking for parking eternally and it's too hot or cold in the car and people are honking at me and they won't stop. And then every time I do find a parking spot and I try to parallel park, there's like, there's like a, a white dude like going like, this like trying to help me parallel park oh okay okay and then all the while like there's some just like really aggressive metal like playing Mm, i can't turn it down so that's like the cute answer like that that says like a lot about me and the things that the things that annoy you yeah Yeah, exactly yeah here's a here's a (laughs) compilation of my pet peeves yes exactly yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but like the real answer honestly is like being buried alive that's it just like I can't even think about it. I I have a thing about being trapped and like I'm really claustrophobic. Okay. Um. So the idea of just oh my, like <laughs> just I feel like most people have a thing about being trapped. I know, and that's the like, thing. It's that's not like, a thing people tend to love, you know. Well, hey, don't kink shame. Like, (laughs) I guess a swaddling is a type of trapping and people love that. So like, I feel like there's some people would be like, who would think of something worse than being buried alive for their health. I feel like there's people to be like, I can hand, I could figure that out. (laughs) Okay. So is, is it, I mean, am I okay to ask specific questions or am I going to trigger a panic attack here? No, it's fine. Okay. Is it what what part of it? Is it like existentially knowing that someone seemingly has a reason for burying you alive? Oh shit. Is it being in dirt? Is it just the the way of choking? It's not even with water, it's dirt. It, 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 I don't know. Um it's it's the I mean, I, I guess it could be dirt or if I were buried alive at sea, maybe even perhaps like anything where it's completely dark, nothingness, no one can hear me. Um, I'm, I'm stuck and can't move the darkness, the, so, you know, it could be dirt or it could be jello. Well, jello, at least like there's a sense, there's a sense <laughs> there that is out, somewhat yeah. pleasant, but like, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I'm imagining you said buried alive and I'm immediately thinking no coffin, no covering. For some reason, that's mm. where my mind went. But you're right. Okay. I I get the multiplicity of ways that this could apply. Well, now I'm wondering, would it be better if I were in a coffin? <laughs> like, well, I think it would. Well, would it? I don't know. They, well, You'd probably die faster if you were just buried in dirt. No pro- coffin. Probably. Because you would suffocate maybe a little faster. Yeah. But like I'm imagining the coffin and like someone's put my little like favorite stuffed animal in there with me. <laughs> like like uh. I'm imagining that there was a funeral for me and then it was like whoopsie and then I woke and then I wake up. Oh, like a uh, like there was something where you were unconscious for the funeral and it seemed as if you were dead, yeah. but then you woke up. And then I and then they bury me. And then it's like, "Oh god." Not, oh, oh my God. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the hell, the hell is what you just waking up into that over and over and over again. Yeah, probably. And then also, this is just, pretty close to the answer that I gave in the reverse Aru episode where, Oh really? 
Megan Strickland and Claire Favret interviewed me because I also had a cute answer and <laughs> a real answer. And my answer was oh. like waking up in space with no like helmet and then just like dying, like just that eight seconds or so, just like on a loop over and over and over again, you know? Space scares the fuck out of me. It scares me too. It's it 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 feels not unrelated to claustrophobia. It's but it's like the even opposite. though it's the it's the opposite, <laughs> but it's still the feeling of being like it makes me feel closed in with myself. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, nothing to grab onto. You're just spinning. nothing to grab onto, but you're just like holy shit! Like I'm this small. Like this does not fit with my conscious experience of the world, this is so vast. Everyone else is so far away. I might as well be trapped in a coffin and thrown into the ocean. Okay. Now I have a question for you and. Okay. Well, I didn't mean to take it there, but I I will. No, 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 no. no. So this, this is related. Have you ever done sensory deprivation floating? No, but I really want to. Okay, so that's the weird thing. You've done it? I love it. I've done it a right. lot. <laughs> right. I can imagine that. Mm-hmm. How is it different? Because you know that you can just boop and open the pod. Mm. Like, it's so funny. I One of my friends, she's like – a spiritual teacher and she went to Harvard divinity school and she's amazing. And one time we kind of like had a meditation session together and, and I was talking about my crippling fear of death with her. And then she was like, can you rehearse death today? And I was like, <laughs> uh, and I guess kind of sometimes when I go float, like that's what I think of. I'm just like, maybe, maybe this is like a, a soft run. This is like <laughs> for death. Yeah. Um, that's what, is that what, Big uh, sensory deprivation heads call it floating when I go float. When I float, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My best friend works at a sensory deprivation float spa. And so that's like how I got into it. Wow. Yeah. So you get discounts? Yes. Yeah, so I usually get to go for free. Yo, wow. Because <laughs> that's expensive, right? Yeah. It's it like seems like it 60, would be 60, 70 bucks a float for an hour. Float. I can't. <laughs> I Y'all, bra, okay, do you, do you so- have a float, bra? <laughs> <laughs> what do you hope happens when you die? Oh, God. <sighs> Something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something. Um,. So here's here's the thing. Once when I was floating, I suddenly, for the first time, c- could not, and this is the goal, but it really finally clicked, could not feel my body at all. And Whoa. yep. And all of a sudden I experienced what I was like, oh, this is pure consciousness. This is actually must what it this must be what it be like, what it is like to be dead. To just no longer have a body, but your consciousness lives on. This is probably what it feels like. Holy shit. And I had it. For, it was. It lasted like five or ten seconds. And it was like complete peace. And I just, for the wow. first time in my life, and this was like probably a year ago, first time in my life, 
I spent my life with crippling fear of death. I went, okay, well, that's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that would be nice, I guess. Kind of just to stay. Does do you stay on Earth though? Does your consciousness roam the Earth, or does it go to a different realm? I like the idea that once you're just consciousness, there's no more time or space, and you can kind of just exist wherever you feel like it. Earth, okay. Other galaxies, other times. I, you know what? I would love it to be just like I can can now infinitely explore for the rest of eternity mm. with mm. with no fear. Like I, I'm kind of like a fearful person, so I don't. Yeah. Do a I mean lot. we just talked about your? <laughs> it's been a year since you've had this album completed, <laughs> so, so I get that. So if I, there were probably a lot of things that I would like to try if I weren't a fearful person, and maybe when I'm just consciousness, I can like get a taste of what those things feel like. See, but that's interesting because I feel like, how do you get a taste for those things without a body? That's how many true. of those things? are bodily things you want to try versus pure consciousness things. Maybe as a consciousness, as a ghost, you can inhabit other people's bodies whenever you want. Other living people's bodies. Like maybe you're flying around, you're floating around. You're like, Ooh, Dwayne is about to skydive. I've always wanted to skydive. I'm going to like piggyback. (laughs) I'm going to enter like, but then are you sharing Dwayne's body with Dwayne or are you taking it over or are you just kind of like peering on the shoulder in a way? Is it like a GoPro kind of vibe? <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know that I've never thought about this before. This is all just, sure. Um, I like to think that I could not take over to where then he doesn't remember, but maybe we're sharing. Sharing the body. But would he remember you sharing? Would he be like, what the fuck? Who are you? What, you know? I mean, we hear a lot of stories of people having weird experiences that feel like they were overtaken by, and maybe that's what's happening. Maybe we're being, maybe our bodies are sometimes being hijacked by other souls. I mean, I would be okay. I would be willing to be hijacked if I knew it would end. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think the person hijacking or the consciousness hijacking was like, meant me ill. Right. If it was just like sharing some space, it'd be like, oh, hey, what's up? What's your deal? Yeah. I mean. But that's, those are big ifs. Maybe this is what, I don't know if I believe in this, but you know, physical mediumship. Like maybe this is what's happening. I mean, that's, that is what's happening when people claim mm. to be physical mediums. They're like, yes, uh, little Johnny um born 1912 died 1922 like right. we do the séance and he comes into my body and now I can talk like little Johnny so like me <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know maybe it happens um but those uh, yeah i don't know if i believe in it or not but so you're in terms of what you hope happens. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you hope that it is a continuation of your current consciousness or just that it is some consciousness? So this is interesting. Because I'm a human with an ego and an attachment only to 
who I am right now. The idea of being a pure consciousness that has no identification scares me because that is, I would be losing the one thing I know, which is like my personality and my thoughts. Right. But one would think that once you are that pure consciousness, that doesn't matter anymore. Your ego has died. Everything has died. And now you just exist. So me as the human Tiffany right now would love to be the human Tiffany in the other realm. Mm -hmm. But I think in reality, you're just that which cannot be explained and has no personality. But I don't know. So then why is this more comforting to you than nothing? If Hmm. the, if the change to your consciousness is the same, which is that it's individual consciousness is snuffed out. That's a really good question. Thank you. (laughs) I think because it's, it's still something and there's nothing scarier to me than nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this, this something will be different, but at least it's something. I don't know. Yeah. Does that, yeah, does so that it's make uh, any fucking sense? <laughs> no, it it does. I mean, weirdly, I'm like, is this the same as taking comfort in your 14-year-old self mm-hmm. and the memory of that? But it's like the future-looking version of that where it may or may not have anything to do with the actual thing, but it is just you're getting comfort from the idea of what it is for you now. Does that make sense? I think so. 14-year-old self is comforting to you because who cares what your full experiences were as 14-year-old you? Mm -hmm. Your memory is very comforting to -hmm. you. And who cares, you know, if it is actually incredibly painful to become a universal consciousness, the idea, as opposed to the memory, the idea you have of that is comforting to you now. Sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I also do wish, I I think I just want it to be a smorgasbord, like of everything. Like, yes, I hope that there is one version that is pure consciousness, but then also I can like suddenly be at a Thanksgiving dinner with like all my dead pets and like my dead loved ones, you know, and then, and experience Mm -hmm. them again. So I like, I definitely don't have a concrete idea of what I hope happens. (sighs) (laughs) Next prompt is for you to relive one memory. Imagine an afterlife where you get a room filled with a memory that you get to fully drop down into whenever you want, however many times you want. What memory do you choose? Okay, so (laughs) I've thought about this, and I keep landing on March 26th, 1999, in sync at the Rosemont Horizon. (laughs) Okay, the the Horizon is a, it's an arena, I assume. Now it's Allstate Arena. It used to be called Rosemont Horizon back in the day. Okay, in Rosemont, like Illinois? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. In yeah. sync, who opened for them? Do you remember? 
Yes. Tatiana Ali. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. Yeah, Tatiana Ali. Why does that? Why is that name Fresh Prince, She was on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. She played okay. the little si- like sister. I forgot her name. I forgot the character's name. Yeah, but she had a, a short music career. I don't know if you remember the song "All Day Long." I think of you. Uh, it's called Daydreaming. Anyway, yeah, it she sounds opened, familiar. Yeah, and I think Sugar Hill Gang opened. Is that a rap group? Like a hip hop. <laughs> yes, a hippie did yes, a hippie did. Yes. Really? I am almost positive. Okay, that's a I weird I know it sounds bill. weird. It's a weird bill. Well, I appreciate now that now that I know it's a concert, I was really surprised <laughs> to hear a, that it was a specific date, which I was impressed by. But now I can understand how you remember it. But give me the story like how far in advance did you have tickets who did you go with mm-hmm. what was the day mm-hmm. like what was the show itself like who was your NSYNC crush all mm-hmm. that so do you remember back in the day when you had to like go to the grocery store to buy concert tickets yeah i never went internet? to the grocery store but yes i do remember okay. so that yeah phenomenon. uh my stepsisters and i like went with my dad to jewel and like got in line and they used to give you lottery numbers and then whatever lottery number you got that's where you get, got to stand in line at the grocery store when the tickets got on sale we happened to get the first in line so we ended up with 12th row in sync and so that was a big deal wow <laughs> yeah that's crazy uh, do you remember uh, so how much they were exciting. no my dad bought them for okay. us i don't yeah 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 I was 14. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I went with my stepsisters. Was it just us? I can't remember if, like, my dad or my stepmom dropped us off and then, like, picked us up later if they came. They probably just dropped us off. Um, or maybe my stepsis- my stepsister is a few years older and she could drive. Maybe she drove us. I don't remember. But I just I, – I pick this only because it goes along with, like, Obviously, I'm obsessed with that version, that age of myself and that time. Mm-hmm. And I think of, I had other times in mind, like once I went on last minute for Sally Bowles and Cabaret um, up at Milwaukee Rep, and it was last minute and it was thrilling and it was one of the most thrilling nights of my life. But like, I feel like I can experience that again. I, you will never be able to experience being 14, going and seeing mm. a boy band ever again the the hormones the obsession like that feeling i will never feel again and so i that's why i picked that because there are a lot of feelings that are you know that i like that i can probably that probably will experience again but not that um so but what what were those feelings um you know, I and here's another reason. I wish I remembered more of it because mm. I wouldn't shut up about it. For like, if I read all my old diaries and journals, I keep going like two weeks to InSync. Like, I have these old InSync calendars, and it's like yeah. circled and starred, and it's like yeah. that's why I know the date too because it was like right. circled on my InSync calendar. Um, the thing I remember most about it is when they sang my favorite song, which is actually 
their cut co- their cover of sailing by christopher cross is my favorite in sync song okay okay <laughs> interesting i can see yeah 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 i gotta hear that it's so good i used to lie, that song is great i used to lie in my bed and cry to that song like it was so mm. beautiful like and so when they sang that song in concert they flew over the audience which i mean that was just like I, that was exhilarating. And like, so my favorite was Justin. He okay. was my first big obsession. Mm-hmm. And I was right between Lance and Justin, where we where we were in the audience. I was a little closer to Lance. Look, I love Lance. It's fine. It's fine. But then Justin was like a little further that way. And um, damn. Not, they're, they're, I'll never get to experience that ever again. Were you screaming the whole time? Screaming, crying, yeah. You were crying. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you remember? Like what? Like when the tears broke? Like why? (laughs) Yeah, like this is this is really wild because this is such a phenomenon people are aware of since like Mm -hmm. the Beatles or Elvis. Mm And you're like inside it and you can watch those old clips and not be like, oh, that's crazy. You can go, oh, yeah, I can relate to mm-hmm. those girls. Mm-hmm. What, do, do, do you remember what like the feeling of screaming or crying or like what pushed you to do those things? I can't, but I okay. can understand. Like I still cry. Like I cry very easily, especially when I'm hearing music or seeing a concert or I'm very moved by like artistic experiences especially music Mm -hmm. so like even if i wasn't 14 and like full of hormones and obsessed with this blonde boy with noodle hair like Mm -hmm. i probably would have found a reason to cry just i I mean i cry like when i go to disney world because of the music (laughs) that's just playing everywhere it's just like (laughs) okay like so it's not like like does me in Okay. Okay. So it's not like a, a sexual is, is too crass, but it's not Mm -hmm. a romantic, like, oh, maybe I'll meet him after the show and we'll get married or something (laughs) feeling. It's more like the music itself that felt like it was probably moving you. I think it was a combination. Like me seeing a concert right now and crying, it's the music and the experience me seeing a concert then is the music and being overwhelmed that there they are. Oh my God. Um, Mm -hmm. all the other teenagers around you, um, the, the buildup, the, like, like I said, I was just so looking forward to this concert. I'd seen them once before open for Janet Jackson and that's when I fell in love with them. So it was like, but when I saw them that first time, it was more like, wait, who's that boy? Like it was the first time I saw Justin and he was wearing this, th- they, they used to wear these like silk Sergeant Peppers, like pajamas, like when they performed. Okay. okay interesting. <laughs> and that's what they were wearing when they opened for Jana and the velvet rope tour. And his was white. So he like was glowing. He looked like an angel. Mm, like he had a halo yeah. of his noodle curls. He had the white, like satin pajamas yeah. and was just had a, a glow an around him and so i was like who's that and so starting then is when i was like i i am now obsessed with in sync 
And so like between that and seeing them again, there was just so much buildup and so much obsession. So it was like, oh my God, I'm finally here. And there they are. How much time? Was that years? Was that months? Was it? Let me think. It had to have been, I I do have my Janet Jackson ticket stub. So if I dug it out, I could find out, but it's okay. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I'm not going to do that right now, but it was like sometime in 1998, I saw Janet. And then in March, 1999, I saw NSYNC again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is both a long time and a little time. It's a long time for a a 13-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Do you remember anything else? But it it, it sounds like it wasn't the food. It wasn't the drive (laughs) there. It wasn't the location. It really was just the pure, unfiltered uh, proximity to NSYNC and Justin Timberlake that Mm -hmm. mattered. Yeah. Because I saw okay. Justin Timberlake – well, I saw NSYNC again, and there are no strings attached to her, but it was at, like – it was outside – I can't remember which arena. But it was so much bigger, and we were so much farther away, and it, like, yeah. didn't have the same sparkle. Right. And then I saw Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z at Soldier Field in 2013. Mm-hmm. And that was another great night of my life, but it, it was it's never going to be like that. Thir- that 14 year old time, you know? Yeah. So I guess I would relive that. But, you know, like we were saying, maybe my memory of it or lack of memory of it, maybe something really bad happened. But I don't remember. <laughs> maybe there was a trauma that you're blocking out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it wasn't as, maybe it wasn't as special as I remember, but. I it know seems that like I a good bet that it was probably. Yeah. yeah. What's your coma? In terms of a moment where before you're one version of yourself, after you're another. Doesn't have to be like mine where you uh, you said you listened to the show, but I don't know what that means exactly. Or if you knew, did you know, like, did we have mutual friends and stuff before, like when I went into the coma? Like, had you I don't heard think about that I, at that point? I don't think I knew you. Okay. Well, I've known Gabe for a really long time. Yeah. And Calvary. so, yeah. So I'm sure that like when that was happening, he was probably posting about it. So it might've been like on my periphery, but- Right, 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 right. Um, but like you, I don't think you were. I didn't really like really know who you were until like a couple of years ago or whatever when Gabe was like posting about your podcast or something and your newsletter, and I, I was mm. like, that guy's really smart, and and so I like started following you and subscribing to your newsletter and all that stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so okay. So. But you you know you know what I mean by yes. you know where the origin of the question comes from yes. and hopefully you know that it doesn't have to be some crazy mm-hmm. huge grandiose thing it could be a specific meeting for coffee you had with someone that changed you yeah. in a fundamental way hmm. I mean well I have a, a cute one and a real one <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. The cute one that keeps coming to mind is like when I watched Beyonce's Lemonade for the first time. <laughs> are you about are you like crying? No, I'm laughing at myself. Oh. Okay, okay. 
Um, that's so funny because um, I kn- I know other people for whom that is a really mm-hmm. pivotal moment. I, in fact, I like I remember the night it came out uh, because I had like gone out to get something, and maybe I had even seen it before the 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 visual wait are you talking specifically about the visual album or just the album itself the visual album okay like cuz I, I think itself, i maybe yeah i think i maybe watched it and was like oh wow this is cool and then told my partner about it she was at the apartment i went out to do something came back and she's like in tears mm-hmm. and i was like oh did you and she's like i saw i saw it and I was like, oh, cool. Did you like it? And then even just the way I asked that question, it was clear that I was like, I was like, someone's like in the ocean and I'm asking if they got wet or something. It just like, she was just like, I was like, oh, I don't understand this on the level that this person feels connected to this. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. okay. That, yeah. But I think that was a common experience um, yeah. with that record Mm -hmm. it felt like i went through a second puberty okay like when i watched it yeah 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 (laughs) i don't have like a very articulate way of talking about it except that (laughs) sure so then what's the non-cute the non-cute and that's realistically probably the real answer to this question is like I, when I was six, when I was 15, a friend of mine died in a car accident and it was the first person I'd ever known who died. Like I didn't even have practice with like grandparents. I, you know, my grandma's dog died like when I was 10, but like when my, a friend of mine got in a car accident and died when she was 16, like that, (laughs) like ruined my life a little bit because that like that's when this crippling fear of death like started. That was really it was yeah. it wasn't there before that. I don't think it was. I think like it's so weird. I, I in my mind, the moment that I first realized my own mortality, I have this memory of being in the shower, thinking of the lyrics to "The World I Know" by Collective Soul. <laughs> When I was like 10 and I was like, whoa, when I suddenly got this weird, like tingly, weird feeling over my body where I suddenly was like, I won't exist someday. Yeah. And so like I would have that feeling sometimes and I still do um, where it's like, oh, my God, one day I'm not going to exist. But then like suddenly there it was. Friend died in a car accident. She was there in the morning and then she wasn't in the afternoon and like suddenly the world became like a really dangerous, scary place to me. Yeah. What ways did that change? I can, I can, I'm getting a sense of the mindset change, but Mm -hmm. what did it change about your everyday life, your behaviors, your friendships, your activities? That's a good question. Well, I mean, on a practical level, like I was 15 and I was about to start driver's ed. (laughs) Like Mm. the day after her funeral was my first day behind the wheel. Whoa. (laughs) And I just like 
I couldn't handle it. I remember, and God, my driver's ed teacher, Mr. Testoni, he was, he wasn't a warm gentleman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And he just was like, and I was so nervous. And then like afterwards, I remember getting out of the car and standing in the hallway with my driver's ed partner, who was my best friend, Sean at the time. And just, he just like held me in the hallway and I just like sobbed because I was just so scared. I was, I was very scared to drive. And I didn't end up getting my driver's license until like, like I turned 16 in January, but then I like failed my test because I was so scared. And then like, I finally got my license in like August of that year instead of January. Um, So like little, there's little things like that. Like driving was scary for me. Um, I started to just like, I remember I would like be afraid of the dark all of a sudden, like as a 15, 16 year old girl, like, I would go into my room and look at my bed and just like see her lying, like have visions of her like lying there because they did an open casket funeral for this 16 year old mm. girl who got in a car accident and broke her neck. Like, <laughs> uh. which I'm still angry about to this day. Um, That like, I don't know. I'm like mad that I had to see that, but also like, that's life. <laughs> do you think it helped like the people who made that decision? I presume her family. Yeah. Do you think it helped them? Like, I wonder, I don't know. Mm. They were Catholic. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it. Um, maybe it did help. I don't know. I just like, I just remember I was with my boyfriend at the time. We were at the wake, like walking up to her casket and I was like shaking and he just went just don't look at her just look at the picture he kept saying just look at the picture just look at the picture because over her body was like her homecoming picture right and then under the homecoming picture there was her like face kind of bloated a foundation color that did not match yeah (laughs) it was like too dark um did not look like her she was wearing some necklace that I'd never seen uh but I just, I remember I like looked at her hands and I was like, her hands look normal. <laughs> mm. um, but like, I think how it changed is that I just became like a very anxious person after that. And I'm still a very anxious person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also maybe that was, you know, that's the coming of age. Like I, you know, we all, I think grew up. A little bit that day, that week. Um, Do you think you would have become anxious anyway? And that was the thing that just, just the coincidental trigger or Hmm. do you think that like pushed you along a different path? I really don't know. Yeah. I really don't. It's kind know. of an impossible question yeah. to answer. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious because mm-hmm. I think, you know, one thing that I relate to in your work is that anxiety. And I feel like you have integrated it in a very cohesive art. Like, as an artist, I know you. 
you know, mm-hmm. and and I and and I think you being, you know, the fact that you're not 24, the fact that you're um even that you waited a year to put out this album, you know, um, the fact that you have this like musical theater adjacency, you know, the fact that you are, that you have anxiety, the fact that so many of your videos recently, when you're dancing to your own music end with you falling forward, because I'm going to overinterpret here, but like, because a part of you is so uncomfortable with being seen not doing anything that once the dance ends, you have to like fall out of frame to make a little joke. I mean, t- tell me if that's wrong. Like th- that, I might be projecting totally. I don't think that's totally wrong. Okay. I think that a lot of things I do feel very like you're the you're the therap you're telling the therapist version of breaking it down like the things that are sure, sure, sure. unconscious totally, totally, totally. to me that once you talk yeah, about yeah, it yeah. I'm like yeah that's probably right, right I don't really right, right, think right. about it in the moment but yeah it's probably you know I I do something and then I have to like button it with like a right. kind of a dark joke I have to button right. everything with a dark joke even if the dark joke is just me falling like. Which is a very yeah no light, no it's a totally light, dark and, joke but like. yes and I and I enjoy it and I'm I don't mean to <laughs> I don't mean to ruin it by pointing at it oh no I think but, you're making it better okay good but <laughs> the the point I was making was that all of these things feel like a very cohesive voice you know mm-hmm. and and so I'm wondering like man it's the the this this anxiety that maybe gives way to nostalgia a little bit. I mean, Mm. it's not even, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to therapize or, or whatever, but I am making connections here (laughs) where this, the version of yourself that you're idealizing is the version of yourself a year before this happened to you, you know? Whoa. Boom. Whoa. Is that is that a real realization? Do, do you, you take Medicaid? <laughs> <laughs> but oh is that, that that's that can't be the first time you've thought about that. That is the first this is the first time I've thought about that. Wow. Mhm. Well, yeah. So I mean I'm getting a it, little like, emotional. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it this is fascinating. So I think I'm the only person, I know I'm not the only person, but I think I'm one of the only people on the planet who go, who looks at junior high, middle school and goes, wow, what a great time for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I loved it. I had a great time. Like, that version of myself I have such fondness for. And yeah, like, that was right before this happened. I mean, wow. It was the beginning of my sophomore year of high school when when my friend died. Right. Like I was only one year out of out of junior high. So yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So so yeah, it it's interesting if you you've done such a good job at weaving these things together. I think that's ultimately the compliment I'm giving you. Oh, it's that a compliment. Oh, feels- okay, thank you. <laughs> You're like right now. I just feel like I'm being read on a deep existential level. Um, but yeah, that, that, I, that so seeing 
those things woven together to be this person, this artist, it makes me wonder like, oh man, I can't even imagine you without the anxiety. And I mean that in a good way where it's like, it feels like it would be more boring. Probably. Yeah. I think it, I think things like, not that I hope you're crippled by anxiety, but I think those struggles make you interesting. And so it makes me wonder (laughs) if, yeah, I I mean, I'm trying to answer this question that doesn't have, you know, there was an article in the New Yorker recently was that's that's titled, are you the same person you've always been? And it like talks about basically is who you were as a little child, the same as you person as you were in high school and then in your early twenties and then now and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's, and ask the question, like some people look at, their younger selves as a completely different person. And some people feel very like integrated as one person with that person. And um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but basically like now I'm trying to think back. I was like, Oh, have I always had a little bit of anxiety? Honestly, the answer is probably yes. Like when I was four, I was screaming, crying because I didn't want to get on the ladder to go into the swimming pool because the ladder was wet Mm, okay, okay. So I had these little peccadillos. Yeah, yeah that I yeah. would flip out about um, as a child, um, and I was also very like, I was kind of a goody goody. Like I didn't want to get in trouble. Um, I didn't do a lot of things that would get one in trouble. Like I wasn't a bad kid. I was a good kid. Mm. I never drank. I never smoked. Like I, I wasn't having sex. Like. I wasn't a very like risky youth. <laughs> so maybe that was because I was anxious. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I mean th- that's definitely my experience with looking back at an idealized version of myself and then mm-hmm. talking to my parents and being mm-hmm. like, "Oh, that's when I was, you know, that's before I had a temper. That's when I was a good little boy. That's when mm-hmm. everything was great." And my dad was being like, no, you were, you would throw tantrums when this and this, and I'm kind of like, shut up. Like that doesn't fit with, that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, oh. yeah. What is it? it what's, uh, wow. Valentina on drag race. Did you see that season? Are you a drag race fan? She's just like, someone's like talking about her being in the bottom two that week or something that she's just like totally brushing over. And she's like, that doesn't fit with my fantasy. <laughs> and it's just such a good so yeah that that's it but that's how it felt wow that's really um, interesting i've never like had one of my parents say oh no that wasn't what you were like at all like there has never been any sort he didn't of, say at all he or, was just like right. basically you're idealizing it okay yeah. yeah i don't know i've never i don't know maybe i just have a perfect goddamn memory <laughs> <laughs> That is the show. Thank you for listening and keep listening. Subscribe, stay subscribed, go to all the links in the show notes. Do yourself a favor, have a little treat, have a little link party. Click click all the links in the show notes. And join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Marr. I'm interested in this being a, a two-way conversation between you, the listener of the show, 
and myself. This, this doesn't have to be all like a content production to your ears situation. So, yeah, join the Patreon, subscribe to the show, keep listening. And until next week, remember, you are a mist. And human beings, they do miracles.